All right, yo, yo, what's up? Welcome to Nest Talk episode five. This is your host, the Slide Crow, and you know this is the show where we talk about some of the big gaming headlines and what's trending in the gaming media. And so I'm here once again with my man, Agent Deli. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me back again. And yeah, you know, if you don't, uh, if you guys don't know, Agent Deli is an awesome guy, and he's also an ex-developer at Ubisoft, so he knows the in and outs of what goes down in the gaming development, uh, the gaming development scene. And so I, I also have my guy, uh, Joker Gamer V3. What's up? All right, I appreciate you coming through, and we also have a special guest here. This is the Ashen One, and also the Queen of Dark Souls, the Ashen Luca. I just noticed I was muted. My bad. Hi. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Appreciate right, I, I, the invite. What's yeah, up, you know, Dre? What's up, brother? Yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate it. And you know, I just want to say I've been a huge fan of Luca over the years, and you know, I really do appreciate you coming on. And you know, shout out to the Scumcast and Slowmo, you know, Slowmo Meta and All Day and all of those guys. They've been doing such an awesome, awesome job on your show. And I definitely appreciate you guys uh, coming on here. Uh, I appreciate you, Luca, for, for you coming on here. Sure, man. All right, yeah. So, you know, the title of this show is is the, is the coveted PlayStation 5. As actually Sony had revealed their earnings report and things are looking amazing for Sony. So it's definitely a good look for Sony. Um, but, you know, the irony of it is that it's still hard to find a PS5 these days. So it's, it is still pretty hard to find it. And, you know, I actually, I actually wanted to ask Daddy this question. Um, you know, how did you get your, your PS5? Oh, my PS5? Uh, Sony Direct. <laughs> I got mine through Sony Direct. I was on a, I was on a call. Uh, not on a call. I was on a, um, a wait list. And I was actually trying a whole lot. This is probably like my 10th time trying it. Me and my brother were driving down the highway. And he had said that Sony Direct is up. So I had decided to hop on it uh, kind of as like a joke. And by the time I got home, it pushed me through. Uh, and then I lost my marbles. So. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah, so, you know, we'll be talking about the PlayStation success and, you know, much later on in the show. Uh, but for now, let's start, go ahead and start with Resident Evil 8 and let's give our impressions. And so right now, I'm just going to start by saying that, you know, Capcom, you know, they've been on a very good streak as of late when, they, when they're releasing, you know, quality, quality games. And honestly, man, like Capcom does not miss when they, when they release AAA bangers. And, you know, we saw this earlier in the year when Monster Hunter Rise was released on the Switch. You know, the fact that, you know, they were able to put the RE engine on the Switch and it looked very fantastic and, you know, very, very pretty on the Switch. And so, and and also with Resident Evil 8, like, it's also no exception to that as, you know, I, I really thought this was a very, very good, very good game. And, like, you know, when you talk about the graphics and... You know, the textures and the lighting when you go into Lady Dimitri's castle is definitely very, very exciting to see. And like, I'm not going to lie, like any anytime I went to a new room, like the first thought that I, the first thought I had was, you know, I had to take a screenshot. 
because it, it looks so pretty and everything. And so I'm, I'm going to pass this to Delhi. And so what were your impressions of uh, Resident Evil 8? Um, so as you all know, I did not finish Resident Evil 7 because I am too scared once I got to the garage. Um, so Resident <laughs> Evil 8 for me was something that uh, it, it was technically my first full experience uh, in like the rebooted segmented uh, series of Resident Evil. Uh, whereas like the previous one, I think in 2014, Resident Evil 6 was still uh, your generic uh, over-the-shoulder action um, survival horror game. This one is a little bit more focused on bringing it closer down to its roots of the survival horror genre. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I did think that the last half of the game was, to me, watered down and... Uh, for others of the series, I would say that it's more like classic classic Resident Evil, which is something that I really was hoping that Capcom uh, was going to reinvent itself on and go for just the more survival horror aspect. So for me, I enjoyed the castle and then the second segment much, much more than I did the third, fourth, and finale. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm I am you know six hours in, and I I just gotta say like the the level of detail of these levels that they've made is is very awesome to see, and you know like going from location to location, like they, there's such a variety of you know the landscapes and you know the rooms you go into, so I I really appreciate you know them taking effort into you know, creating such awesome levels. Yeah, I had I I can't speak for you. I don't know which platform you're playing it on. Uh, for I can speak on the PlayStation, the PlayStation Five. Um, I haven't encountered any loading, uh, loading screens. Um, mm -hmm. But I did encounter occasional stuttering in the latter half of the game, um, which Ooh. is something that I understand that the RE engine is and what Capcom and, and the RE engine are doing for their pipelining. Um, I understand what's causing that. But the first half of the game for me and and at a flawless 60 FPS, I think the largest dip I've had was one frame a second um, transitioning between a door. And I think that was going from section two to section three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I never really played the game, but I've mm -hmm. been watching a lot of gameplays. Um, I've been watching a lot of streamers play it and everything. And to be honest with you, like, I would have bought the game, but again, um, for me, spending money on the game for something that I will not probably play because I'm basically chicken shit when it comes to playing horror games, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm legit. Like, I get scared very quickly. <laughs> so like, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not going to spend it, but I will watch other people play it. So... While I was watching the game, I was quite actually impressed with a certain amount of details, especially in um, the house, right? When you walk through the house and everything. And I was there like, yo, this looks very detailed. Like, every single thing over here is, like, dope. Looks like as if a real setting. Yeah. And um, also, I was quite impressed with the voice acting, too, with the certain characters and, you know, the ambience, the whole eerie feeling. I was there, like, even while I was, while I was watching this gameplay, I was like, yeah, thank God I didn't buy it because I'll be like, yeah, I'll only touch it for one hour and I'll stop playing it. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would say, though, that 
it definitely delivers on that psychological horror in the first two sections of the game. Mm-hmm. The latter yeah. three sections of the game are more action oriented. It brings it back down to that, like I said, that action um, third person shooter kind of deal. So you probably, if you make it to the latter half of the game, you'd probably enjoy that a lot more. Um, it, it much less focused on horror and more focused on on action. It, it kind of, for me, the last half of the game flew by much quicker than the first half of the game. Um, the first section is a lot more, it, it's a lot more ambience. Um, it's much akin to something like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, where you have, like, Mr. X, um, like, following you around, um, mm-hmm. because that's what um, Lady D does through the castle. And then the second section is much akin to something like PT or Silent Hills. It's very reminiscent of the, that psychological horror something like fatal frame siren blood curse and uh silent hill it, all three contemporaries or cohorts of you know resident evil itself um yeah mm-hmm. i personally to me the second section is my favorite um while it's the most terrifying and i do think that it presents some of the best scares in the in the series um it is something for me because we were denied of silent hills and or pt with uh, hideo kojima and guillermo del toro I think that the second section of the game is the closest we'll ever get to uh, something like a PT experience in the current uh, in the current day and age. Yeah, and for me, like in the castle, when you get into the underground sections, like that was pretty nerve wracking, and like when you had to go through like those uh, those dungeon caves, in the basement. And yeah. especially the uh, the wine distillery area, like that was that was a trip right there, and. Like uh, it, it was just, uh, and and people were saying like I, I heard like people were were very very negative of the fact that you know they they did read a report, and the report was saying that like oh we listened to the feedback of Resident Evil Seven uh, of their fan base and oh we had to turn down the horror because people were, were said that the horror level of Resident Evil Seven was too much, and uh, so how do, how do you feel about that you know Delhi for for this game. Um, I, my sentiments are the exact same as um, Shinji Mikami's uh, The Evil Within. Uh, so the first game, Bethesda released a statement that it was too scary, um, which is it, it ultimately impacted sales, which is why Evil Within 2 turned into something more like Resident Evil was a third-person action shooter. Um, I'm a little upset because we've been kind of searching for experiences, or at least as a, uh, you know, as a horror genre uh, community, we've been kind of searching for an experience that is a little bit more like the like the early two thousands kind of horror, something a little bit more outlandish, something a little bit more risque um, mm-hmm. that ta- uh, tackles like heavier topics like suicide, depression, that kind of thing. Um, and I really definitely felt like the second section of this game um, was tackling that. I definitely felt like the Evil Within one and two were on its way to tackling that. Um, but then decided to peel back and say that, like, you know, we probably shouldn't do anything too risque, which is something that, which is a lot of the reason why we haven't seen things like Fatal Frame, um, Siren Blood Curse, and Silent Hill really make a comeback in these last, in this uh, last decade from the 2010s into the, into 2020. Um, I'm a little disappointed in Capcom. Like I said, I obviously want Resident Evil to be more than just an action shooter uh, but ultimately mm-hmm. at the end of the day um they're in the business to make money not in the business to make games so yeah 
And, you know, like for me, I, I really thought this was, uh, you know, for the first half at least, I really thought this was a, a very good horror experience. How, mm-hmm. you know, that, that first hour, like, yo, that was like a crazy, you know, like it's a crazy sequence there. It's like, it's kind of like a scripted sequence in a way, like how like all the zombies came up and showed up and like mm-hmm. you had to hide in a house. Like that was a, that was a trip and just hearing all the zombies around you that was pretty nerve-wracking and also yeah, like was- you know in, in the when you had to go into the lady Demetrius castle and you had to go underground like they really put you in like tight situations and like eerie locations and so i, I really liked uh you know exploring those and you know it, it was uh it got my heart racing you know in in those sections which was uh pretty scary yeah. Which is, was, like I said, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that, which is why I like the first half of the game more, because I felt like the, there's genuine horror there, and the ambience, that, you know, that psychological thriller aspect, and whereas the last half, a lot more action-oriented, and when, when I hopped in uh, in the last half towards the finale, it definitely felt like I was playing something more like Call of Duty, um... And I just became much less scared of the game in general. I just was, I no longer felt like I was playing the same game, I'm going to be honest with you. I just was run and gun, and it really kind of took me out of the experience. Um, yeah, I felt like, like there was a disconnect between the first half and the second half. Like mm-hmm. the one thing that like I was going to say was um, there was a part. I don't know exactly where it is. It's like just when you get your sniper, right, and you come out of that area, and you just come across this gargoyle-looking thing, which kind of mm. looks like mosquito bats to me because they look yeah. like a shape of mosquito bats like merged together. And at this whole entire area, it just had that eerie feeling, like you had that voice going off, like echoing in the background, mm-hmm. like some guy is talking to you, and then all of a sudden, Lady D just pops up out of nowhere because you just <laughs> did some kind of a mistake, bro. I kid you not, I just stopped watching the guy stream and I was there like, yeah, I'm not watching this any longer. If I want to watch a horror movie, I'll watch a horror movie later on. Forget this. <laughs> yeah. No, but I got but to be honest with you, I like it's a good thing that you told me that really, because I was really, even though I don't like to buy a horror game as much and I was a thing, but hearing that last segment of what Delhi said about being like a call of duty experience i think that would have annoyed me more after purchasing like purchasing the game and then afterwards just like you know having that whole scary feeling from point a then afterwards point b just having to just be like a full-on action sequence i'll be like yeah you just kind of turn it into like a you know just a normal casual game now so i would have been quite annoyed with it but Good shout though. So now I know yeah. I won't be buying yeah, the game. That, that first <laughs> section in the castle is a lot of resource management. It's a lot of uh, like gathering uh, things. You're, you're still uh, upgrading your arsenal. You're still like building mm-hmm. it. So like I said, a lot of it is resource management. Um, the second s- section uh, actually is, like I said, the best part because it, it, they take your inventory. You actually don't, you aren't able to fight. Um, and you have no weapons. You you have no ability to do to defend yourself. It's strictly psychological thriller. That third part of the section was a lot, to me. It was a lot of money management. I at least I played on casual. I had a lot of excess of things, so mm-hmm. to me I was like, oh, I'm just gonna buy things. And then 
once it got to that point, it felt more action oriented. And then that last part was straight Call of Duty. I had because of the the loadout, the weapons, the situation that I was given in that last in that finale, uh, I didn't feel like um, the lichens or any of the enemies that I previously encountered were of any threat. Um, maybe that was influenced because I played on casual mode. But like I said, it really did take me out of the experience. And I feel like Joker, if you were to play the game, um, you would probably be annoyed because there is a disconnect between the first half and the second half. When it comes to game design and overall like plot theory. Yeah, so it's like for me, plot is very important. Like mm -hmm. when I play a game, uh, story rich experience and also elements of, um, you know, playing the game, exploring, all of these kind of things all match up to me. So if the story disconnects, I'm not going to lie to you. I will kind of get irritated straight away and I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to carry on playing this anymore because there's no point in me carrying on. What's the point in the story now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, good shout though. So now I know I don't have to buy it. <laughs> so, but do, really? but do, do watch it, you know, do do watch it. Um, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, the, I'll watch the it. Half. Yeah. I, I will I will watch it, but I won't be playing it. So that makes sense. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Um, but interestingly enough, Luco, you've been quiet. So what do you what 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 do you think about um, Resident Evil? And have you ever tried playing any of the Resident Evil games? Or what's your take on it? If you don't mind me I asking. Personally, okay, am a very much someone who gets scared easily. <laughs> so so I, in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I avoid scary games. Point blackness. So I typically watch YouTubers play through scary games mm -hmm. like the Rad Brad. I have a lot of fun watching mm -hmm. him. So I've been watching him play through it and it looks great. You know, honestly speaking, I've yeah. seen a lot of my friends who actually like this genre say that they really enjoyed the game, which is awesome, but it's just not for me personally. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I've heard people, you know, comparing this game to Outlast and, you know, I, I don't really get that comparison because like, bro, like in Outlast, you had to kill your, um, a camcorder just to see in the dark and like, yo, that's that's a whole uh, other experience, you know, like, it's, like you have no weapons yeah. to defend yourself and it's just... You also yeah. can't fight back, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, like if, you, if you, you can't really compare Outlast because Outlast is just focused on like surviving throughout the whole entire journey aspect of things. Right, so I don't know if you ever played Outlast two and Outlast one, in fact. But in I, Outlast yeah, I did, two, I played the first one. So, so the second one actually starts off in like a helicopter crash, right? Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, you just go. You have to try and find your way out, and then you come into this town. I don't know if it's the first one or second one. I'm just getting mixed up. But the general That's concept is the same. Yeah. So general general concept is like you just have to navigate through your village and. Um, you just have to like hide so that you don't get caught and then afterwards trying to overcome that psychological barrier eventually pursuing to the very end and then you know being free kind of a thing but interestingly enough if you compare it to resident evil like bro if you give me a gun in outlast i kid you not <laughs> every single fat jesus out there every single fat jesus out there like portraits of fat jesus He's going to get shot at because that is the most freakiest thing that I've actually witnessed on Outlast. 
right? Could you imagine yeah. going into some, like you enter a shelter and all of a sudden you come across fat Jesus? Like, picture, like, bro, what the hell? I Get me out. Outlast's game design, or at least Red Barrels' game design, was much different from Capcom's. Um, mm-hmm. Outlast is very jump scare, uh, audio heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that if you were to play the game on mute, uh, Outlast is considerably much less scary, uh, mm-hmm. if not at all. That's something that Resident Evil, there's a benefit to Resident Evil, is that if you turn off the volume on Resident Evil, it's not audio heavy. There are still lots of quality content inside Resident Evil that uh, enhances the horror feel to it, whereas Outlast feels like, uh, ironically enough, a one-and-done experience where you play it, all the jump scares are are there, and you already know exactly what's going to happen the first playthrough, or the second by the the second playthrough. So um, it's it wears. I, ironically enough, like I don't know if you ever guys um, even heard, like played or heard about Blair Witch Project. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I think it, I heard about it, but yeah. I did not play it. It, it and was they also based had a on VR, the VR game as well, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it was based on the actual movie, like Blair Witch Project, the movie, yeah, yeah. right? But it's not the uh, it's not following the same you know storyline and everything like that. But it had a similar concept of Outlast, where you have your camera, you're walking around with your camcorder and everything like that. So we all knew Blair Witch Project was a jump scare, just like Outlast. Outlast is just purely jump scare. You know, it will make you shit your pants like half the time, just coming across (laughs) certain things. And you'll be sitting there going, hey, man, I did not sign up to this. When I bought a horror game, I just expecting to carry a gun to start shooting people, right? But now you're giving me a camcorder, which kind of works as a gun like yeah that that that's that experience compared to resident evil experience resident evil is like you got a gun you can actually kill that thing down yeah you can actually shoot that thing down so there is no way like you can um how do you call it um try and avoid that scenario kind of a situation right whereas in outlast you can navigate around you can try and hide and you can avoid that scenario um so if you have to if you compare both of those games i think that's an unfair um comparison as they say mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's it, you know you it, have to you have to hold each of its on its own merits and then you know if you if you want to compare compare the graphics the visualizations like you know the um engine that is running on and etc and so on but you can't just compare the gameplay to gameplay experience because it's meant to be two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in some aspects, it is kind of the same, but, you know, I really don't see, uh, you know, the comparison there. And so actually, we do have a tweet here from Benji Sales, and he actually reported that RE Village was the first in the series to pass 100k concurrent players on Steam. And, you know, this is definitely a good look for, you know, for Capcom sales as, you know, they're doing crazy numbers on Steam. And also, I, I really do think the RE2 remake, you know, set the set the tone for, you know, just setting the bar for, like, you know, the graphics was, was amazing on uh, the RE engine, you know, running on PC. And also, we have here RE2 remake broke the sales before on Steam with that title, uh, topping seventy-five thousand P concurrent players, 
and so that's uh, that's really that's really great to hear. And um, so I, I have a question for you guys actually. And so you know we we know that the thirst is real for Lady Demishu, and so I, I ask you guys like, do you think most of these sales are simps of Lady Demishu because? Like, like, do you think that they're waiting for someone to create a a, a mod for, like, like uh, a like a non joe uh, mod or something like that? Um, <laughs> mod's already been created. I saw a video on it. Just want to put it out. Yeah, there. you're you're oh, a little really? late there, Crow. The mod <laughs> <Yay. laughs> they were created day one, buddy. All right, my bad. Within the first hour. Uh, no, I, I think I think that it's uh, Capcom playing into the uh into the audience of Resident Evil Seven. I mean, they had about seventy five thousand concurrent players on mm -hmm. steam in resident evil 7 so it's really only technically only twenty five thousand more concurrent anyways uh resident evil 7 also was a big seller i think it sold like eight and a half million copies so that's something that uh, i feel like no plus as as a person who's played resident evil 8 uh capcom is very brilliant in their marketing strategy uh they kind of played a bait and switch um with the whole lady d situation going on she's not in the game for very long uh spoiler yeah so that's something that uh, a lot of these guys or a lot of people on the internet were, were cosplaying, were making art and really pushing the game. I do mm -hmm. think that there was a lot of hype surrounding it, but I do think that Capcom really played into the strengths of the community and not so much, you know, just really selling one character and that was it. I don't think she had that much of an impact on the like, game sales. Like, I agree. I agree with um, Delhi's point of view in this, especially when it comes to like, when you if you say simping and you know all of this kind of things like yeah i can see but you got to understand that's like a, you look at this as a whole pie chart like you got 100% of the players who are just focused on the resident evil and you got like the 2% over there that's just like the little thing that's actually all called simps and then you got the little <laughs> pervert people over there who will create mods for all of these kind of things right to cater to all these kind of things so um i would generally say like from me, from what I thought, like as a person, as a guy who's known the Resident Evil franchise, but hardly playing as much, it was interesting for me to see what this character was going to bring to the table rather than, oh yeah, she looks hot or like she looks cool or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So it was just like, I just wanted to see like how much more of an impact that she can create on this franchise. Like, of course, and the way the trailer was and the way that she was acting like you know the voice acting the whole entire like movement like the way she was walking around and owning the place the way she was talking and everything kind of made me feel like yo low-key like this woman's got some power behind her otherwise she's not gonna be flaunting around like this no chance do you know what i mean it's just like me like if i had some kind of a power over something i'll be like hey man get off my lawn do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, um, yeah, you, you Capcom did a very good, you know, um, baiting situation over here when it comes to like selling the character and making like a little small little fan base just for this character. Mm -hmm. And then you got this bunch of people out there who are a bit perver per uh, perverse minded. <laughs> and then afterwards, you got like, you know, who wants to like kind of um, they get this little bit of a high just by providing these little mods and everything for all these other perverse mind per, per, perverse, yeah. perverse mind people so it was just like yeah um but honestly i think it was just a whole sales 
point of view that actually got the recognition that they needed and capcom has done a very good um you know uh, marketing strategy behind it yeah they did a they did a really great job with that they saw the community reaction to lady d and they really ran with it and that was mm-hmm. smart of them uh, especially since i've seen the videos and it was like mm-hmm. adeli was saying there's she's barely in the game but you know mm-hmm. what we see of her is really nice and honestly speaking it's like joker was saying like things that happen on the internet don't always translate to real life events or real life sales so just because a bunch of people were like thirsting over <laughs> doesn't really mean anything in my opinion yeah oh, okay yeah so you know another a complaint a, a lot of people had was you know the game length was only eight to ten hours and honestly like you know, I, I think when it comes to a game like Resident Evil, I think what's matters more is the overall experience. And, you know, I really thought this was a really good, you know, AAA experience. It's uh, it's definitely worth your money. And so, you know, I'm going to pass this to Delhi. So did you think, you know, game length of this game was the issue? Well, you already know my stance. You know, money is not really an issue for me when it comes to buying new games. Um, So strictly going for that, you know, value per per hour argument um it doesn't translate well for me uh i think i had a great time playing the game personally i had a lot of fun playing the game uh, i can see myself playing the game again um towards the end of the game there's a bunch of unlockables and you know your standard like early 2000s stuff um all that extra all that extra content that's added in um especially some of it being some weird resident evil stuff so i definitely feel like i could play the game again uh towards especially towards the latter half of the game um and then the first half of the game, I just, I like I said, I really enjoyed that second section, so I'll gladly play the second section again. Um, and then with mm-hmm. all that extra like cheat codes and stuff, I definitely feel like there's replay value in the game to just explore. I did want, there was a section of time after the castle uh, during the second section before I started it that I wanted to go back and explore the castle, but I could not find my way in. So I definitely feel like there's replay value there just simply because I wanted to I want to unlock everything before I move on to the next section. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like it's perfectly fine. Much like Resident Evil 2, I'm probably going to get like 14 hours out of this game. Um, for me, that's A-OK. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, for my take on that is like, as long as it provides content, I mean, even if it is eight hours or ten hours, but you get this whole rich environment, like the whole entire um, storyline focus-driven in that kind of a thing, I don't mind buying it. But obviously, before what you said, what Delhi said before is like there are certain latter part of it. There is the story doesn't make sense. Like that would have like if I actually had to buy the game and play it straight away, that would annoy me quite mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, again, uh, repeating myself uh, on this point. But, however, 8 to 10 hours, I mean, man, you got to understand, they crammed a lot of shit in this 8 to 10 hours. Like, if you mm-hmm. are no life in this game, 8 hours, eight to 10 hours don't mean nothing. Like, you know, but if you actually, like, imagine I'm a casual player. Like, I go to work, I come back, I can only log on to the game for like an hour. So by the time I reach this one particular segment, I might have come across a lot of unlockables or whatever it is that I would have been wasting my time on. Do you know what I mean? So that itself says volume because when you got people who are like dedicated 
gamers who sit there and their main general income comes from gaming, you know, eight to ten hours doesn't mean a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you're a casual player, it does definitely means a lot of things because you're like, oh, you'll be going to work and you'll be like, I can't wait to go home and play this game for another hour or so. And then, you know, I want to see what I can find and everything like that. But if you start the game now and you can finish it within eight to ten hours and you're streaming this, you know, people will be coming to your stream for that last eight to ten hours and then they'll be like hyping it all up. Then once you finish the game, you don't have anything else to go back on but the previous games. You'll be like sitting there kind of feeling salty a little bit like, I wish I had more content that I could do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or, so, or you know, like... Or, you know, the, the streamer can, like, replay it in, like, the hardest difficulty and, like, yeah, you know, but, the... but so, why, why? Here's my thing. Like, as a streamer, yes, you can go back and start playing the hardest difficulty. But why go through that hassle of going through that difficulty again and ex- reliving the same experience for the next 8 to 10 hours if you have to? Do you know what I mean? It's like it doesn't make mm. sense to him in any way. So he'll be like, oh. Why don't I play a game with viewers, for example? Let me just load up like a stream racer or stream on marbles or whatever it is, marbles on stream or whatever it is, and I can just hype up the community in that kind of sense for the next two to th- uh, two to three hours. And then he can just close his stream because he can probably generate more income in that kind of sense. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah, so I actually wanted to tie this into my next topic and I actually wanted to go back to, you know, we, we did talk about the, the value proposition in our last episode and I, I actually wanted something to add to that. And so, you know, let, let's get right into this topic here. And, you know, I really do think there is a, a fatigue right now in open world gaming. And so, you know, you notice that, you know, more and more companies are releasing open world type games. You know, you have, you had a Horizon Zero Dawn, you had Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, Ghost of Tsushima. But, you know, as you said, Delhi, you know, they, they did a pretty good job, you know, with their open world. So I, I, I do yeah. agree with that. And yeah, you know, you, you had uh, AC Valhalla and also like pretty much like all of Ubisoft games these days are open world. And so... You know, um, so the, so the pitch of many of these companies are like, <clears throat> "Hey guys, we got a big ambitious game that you can spend over eighty hours in. You can have a second life in our game, and you can have love and babies too. This is worth seventy dollars, bruh." <laughs> so, so, that, so, not, so, right? so that's my that's my meme voice. So I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> I kid you not. You know when he brought out the voice, I was there like, who just popped into a chat over here? Like, that was but then I realized this guy is legit pulling the voice acting. Okay, I see you, Craig. But yeah, I've been yeah. Uh, I've been practicing that voice for a bit, so hope you guys enjoyed that. But but yeah, like like for real, like like do you, do you guys think there there is the open world fatigue? Because like like honestly, like I, I feel like all of these companies like they, like they feel like. Oh, you know, we should make our game open world because you know that's the best value for dollar, you know, type of situation there, you know. My take on it is very simple. I'm tired of open world games. I'm sorry. I'm just exhausted playing open world games because it's the same repetitive nature over and over again, just going over here, exploring, coming back. Oh great, I found something. Let me go and stash it in my freaking 
um inventory and then afterwards go on carry on it's like i'm 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 just tired like you know doing the same thing like i'm just so like recently most of the games i play feel like it's an open world and i'm kind of fatigued by it you know what i mean so it's just uh i just enjoyed the first two hours of it now i'm just kind of bored yeah i definitely feel that and like you know uh to be honest like i i, I really I, I you know for the first part i did enjoy ac valhalla but you know w- once i found out that oh you had to do like hundreds of like maybe like that's that's kind of like overkill but maybe you have to do like 20 rage just to upgrade your settlement and like you had to collect all the gold points around the map just to upgrade your gear so i found that really tedious and like ubisoft is really notorious for you know like doing like so much uh, side objectives that you know it, it is optional but if you want to upgrade yourself like it's kind of like you're you're forced to, into doing those 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 uh those things yeah let me I tell mean... you <laughs> you know i was <laughs> like playing through red. assassin's creed valhalla and i was like wow this is awesome but then as i continued to play through it i was just like when will it end i feel like i'm just here i'm stuck here and it's just never ending it's continuous and i was like there's other things i want to play right now i don't want to focus on just this title i really think they need to uh consider cutting back on the length of those Assassin's Creed games because I think it's getting out of hand. It's part of the reason I had an issue with Assassin's Creed Origins. It lasted mm-hmm. far too long and there was a ton of fake endings. You know, they were just like, oh, here, it's, oh, oh, it's over. No, it's not actually over. Let's keep going. I'm like, oh my God. You know, so by I'm, the time I was done with the title, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot of fatigue about this. I'm not going to comment too much on the Ubisoft thing, but I just <laughs> wanted to, <laughs> I have a lot to speak about. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you, Crow. I'm actually, I have prior engagements I need to uh, attend to. So thank you oh, guys for okay. everybody for having me. So sorry, guys. I appreciate it. Right, I cool. hope, hopefully that the next podcast I'll be able to stay for longer. Um, yeah. Thank you, Crow. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And I will see, personally, I will see you guys later. See you later, man. I appreciate later, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Stay safe and uh, take care. But... Right. Yeah, like for me, like I agree with Luca on this one. Like, oh my god, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla kind of thing, bro. It was all cool. It started off all cool, like you play as a little kid and you're just going around and stuff like that. And bam, you turn into an adult. You get to choose between a woman and a girl. I mean, sorry, woman and a man. And um, you get to like go around and stuff. And bro, like at first, I was all like I was in awe, just like. This looks awesome, especially playing it on my PC and playing it like with full ultra high settings without any issues. I was like, they actually did quite like you know, quite a, well, a good job about it. But then afterwards, like as I carried on playing it and slowly started to, um, you know, progress through the thing, I'm like, I are you shitting me that I only discovered like. 0.5% of this game and it's just like I'm still here. I felt like I did more than this. What the hell is going on? You know, it's just it got no, I, I just got tired. It's it, it, was, it was just awful. Mm-hmm. I mean like they 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 need to cut down on all these little side little objectives like a drinking game. Was it really necessary? <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? I think that at this point developers are just scared to, except for Capcom, clearly, but developers are scared to just have a game where it's focused on the main story, and that's it. You know, I'd rather have 
just a main story, then mm-hmm. all of these lame side quests go pick up the crow <laughs> on the other side of the map. I'm not chasing you, big dog. It's just not happening, man. I can't do it anymore. So yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Like, at this point, as I as I start to grow a little bit older, you know, mm-hmm. my bones become a little bit <laughs> weary and uh, weak. You know, I just I don't I I don't have the mental fortitude to deal yeah. with nonsense anymore in my games. I just can't. I can't do it, man. I, I I exactly. I feel the same thing. Like it was all cool to begin off with, but later on, I'm like get me out like my mind's just frying at this point like you know i just want to get distracted like you know how sad it's gone to the point like every time i play assassin's creed valhalla like halfway through i switch to pokemon go on my phone just to wow. see what pokemon is catch. <laughs> wow really bro oh my god yeah man I, pokemon I, I go is better <laughs> Okay. All right. So, yeah. So moving on here, we're going to be talking about Returnal. And so, you know, for the most part of 2021, like it's been a dry period for, for PS5 owners. And, you know, they were hoping that this would be. And uh, yeah, so so they were hoping that this would be, you know, the, the big game for them. And so, you know, I'm going to pass this on to Luca here. And so what were your impressions of, of this game? My buddy gifted me the game. I wasn't necessarily sure if I was going to pick it up. I don't play Bullet Storms, Bullet Hells. I, I don't know. I don't know what yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the genre is. I've never played a roguelike slash light. Well, I haven't played one in recent years. I'm sure I did when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was just like, yeah, I don't know about this. Then I was a little bit concerned about the difficulty because it's one thing for me to play Souls games over and over and over again and like dominating them. Like that's not even... That's not even a thing anymore, you know? But this is just a completely different genre I've never experienced before. So I was very concerned about that. And let me tell you, I had a good reason to be. Because the game can be pretty brutal. And it's not because of the enemies. And it's not because of the environment. And it's not because... It's definitely not because of the bosses. Because the bosses are cake, right? It has to do with the fact that since it's a roguelike you lose everything so it's like you, mm. you can't make any mistakes you got one shot to get to the boss and god forbid you get hit on accident by some enemy now i do think it's fair overall you know like the map is very um very clear you know where everything is and it's also very easy to find your way through everything the waypoints are very nicely highlighted Mm-hmm. It also shows you where the enemies are on the map. So as long as you're paying attention, you're good. But like I said before, if you get hit, it's 50-50 on like whether or not you're actually going to find the healing items you need in time to get to the boss. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also you may not have enough money in order to buy uh, items you need to fight the boss in case you die or something like that. Like there's several options the game gives you to get an extra life but it's whether or not it will spawn that's the question you know so for me like i really struggled with the game especially in biome 3 there's six biomes right so biome 3 was like the make or break moment for a lot of people uh i died so many times and i you know i was mad i was mad i was cursing 
I was people were like, Luca, you should no. Absolutely not. There's just no, I'm not streaming my L for everyone to see, dude. So, like, last yeah, Saturday, should, uh... like, last Saturday, I tried again, and I failed, and I was just like, you know what, maybe I'll just quit gaming. <laughs> maybe I'll quit gaming! Maybe I'm just not a gamer. I'm like, I can't believe I'm really this trash. Like, this is baffling. This is ridiculous. I was, like, real mad and upset, and I was just like, maybe it's... Maybe I'll just leave the community. You know, I was just being dramatic. Anyway, the next day, I played through, and I beat Biome 3 and 4. And then, um, the day after that, I beat Biome 5 and got all the way to the boss for 6. And nice. then the day after that, I beat 6. So, like, after Biome 3, you know, broke my soul, like, snatched it, I was a husk. You know, I was a soulless husk as I went through the rest of the game. So I was just kind of like, you know... <laughs> whatever and i was actually able to do very well you know i i let's see here it took me what two times to get through biome four one time for five and then twice for six and uh, i know a lot of people were saying four and five and six were rough i was just like nah this is this is cake man this is gravy compared to three all right so you know the i finished it what was it last night I think two, I, oh I, am. God, I don't know. I posted on Twitter, dude. Uh, but I, I finished the game. I was like, I, I'm done. I'm finished. People are like, Luke, are you going to go for the secret ending? I'm like, I think not. I Absolutely not. Like, dude, like, it's just not happening. Because it's since it's RNG based, a lot of the stuff, <laughs> you got to go, go get collectibles. You know, the collectibles are going to spawn. You don't. I saw my boy struggling, trying to find stuff. I'm like, that's certainly not going to be me, big dog. It's just not happening. So... You know, uh, it, the game's cool. The story doesn't make any sense. I kind of have an idea of what happened, but this is just my perception of the situation. Who knows what the true case is, but I think that's mm -hmm. what they were aiming for. Is the game worth $70? No. But, you know, um, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up. And actually, you know, the, um, the content creators that I follow, like, you know, like Kofi and... Um, you know, and other content creators, they've been saying that, you know, this is a triple A AAA experience and they've had a really good time with this game and they really do think it is worth the full price tag. But, you know, I, I definitely do agree with, uh, you know, when you said that it's not worth $70 because like, you know, uh, for roguelites in particular, like they've been known to be, you know, $30 games, you know, like if you look at Hades, uh, Splunky, you know, Dead Cells, you know, th these are meant to be like, you know, $30 games. But the other side of the coin is that, you know, this is a new IP, right? And because this is a new IP and this is a triple A roguelike, you know, this is the first of its kind, basically. So the other argument could be that, you know, this is worth 70 because it is, you know, a new IP and uh, things like that. And um, so, so, um, you know, with that being said, uh, so so do you do you agree with that? Um, you know, no, with that assessment, or or you, or you still it's... think it's not worth it? Okay, so the value of everything is based on the person, right? So okay. it's like some people would be willing to spend more than others for the same thing. Now, me personally, I just don't think the game is worth seventy because it's extremely repetitive. And I know all games are repetitive, but this is like extremely repetitive, you know. Uh, it's very simple once you get the mechanics down. And I think that outside of the graphics, 
The gameplay is basic as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. Basic doesn't mean bad. It just means that for me, I don't think the game is worth 70, maybe 50, maybe 50, you know? And mm. I also want to say that making it $70 given its genre and also the fact that it's a new IP was a huge risk for them because people aren't going to drop that kind of cash on something if they're not sure that they're going to like it. Now, it's dead right now and there's nothing, nothing to play. So I feel like maybe the game sold a little bit better based solely off that. We're all bored, yeah. so we're like, yeah, we'll just give it a shot. But outside of that, I I really don't think that this game is worth the full price. Now, at the end of the day, that's just my opinion. The game's priced at 70. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, it doesn't really matter what I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're, you, well, um, speaking of the previous podcast and even now, Croy already knows, um, and most of the people, people over there who've been watching the podcast already know my standpoint on it. It's like, if a game gives me something to look forward to and it challenges me, I don't mind spending it, but you have to bear in mind that I can't just drop $70 on a game instantly and be like, hey, man, I'm going to get it. Like, <laughs> I, I completely I completely agree on Luca's point of view. It's like it all depends on person base, like, like personal um, matters count in this a lot, right? And it's like there's no chance, like especially if it's a game, like, for example, the way Luca was explaining regarding, a, regarding this game is like it's something that I would never touch. This is a game that I would never touch, especially just by hearing it off of people, like how hard the game is. Yeah, no thanks. I'm playing a game to have a good time. I'm not playing a game to sit there and just break my head and cry in misery, <laughs> sitting in the corner, rocking around, like going, get me out, get me out. Like, no, no, I'm not going to be doing that. Like, I have enough of games that actually make me do that kind of shit, but... Another one added to that list? Uh, no. And I paid $70? Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. The hell no. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, carry on, carry on. Yeah, you know, I, I really do think this does deserve the, the Miles Morales treatment. You know, how Insomniac, they purposely, you know, priced it at like $50 because they, they realized that the scope of the game is not at the same level as Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man 2018. So, you know, for this game, I, I do think, you know, $50 is a much more fair fair price tag. But, you know, I, I think, you know, what House Marquee is capitalizing on is the, is the fact that, you know, this is a Sony exclusive. And, you know, with the fact that, you know, they are using the DualSense uh, special features, you know, they're using the haptic triggers and the haptic feedback. And so... You know, um, so uh, what are your thoughts on this, Luca? Like, are, are they using, you know, the, the haptic, uh, are they using the haptic controller features uh, for this game? Like, in, Actually, it, I don't know. I might have turned them off. Um, if you turn them off for one game, are they off for all of them? I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I can't really notice, to be honest. I mean, the controller feels awesome. Uh, but I guess I just have been so focused on not dying or not getting hit that I haven't <laughs> been paying attention to the controller and how it feels. I mean, it's awesome. Like I said, the game's, I, I like it a lot. Game's great. Um, oh, and especially with the bugs, you know, I just want to throw that out there with the bugs <laughs> and the crashes people were having. They, yeah. <laughs> You know, they, uh, I don't know, that price point, big dog. People were claiming that the extra 10 bucks was going to help with quality. 
where's the quality when the game is crashing and people are losing their saves man what's going on like that was oh really cap yeah like uh oh, someone i know he lost his save file he got corrupted i'd be like bro the fit i would be throwing i'd be so angry and uh, i know that happened to a couple of other people too because the official twitter highlighted it you know they're like yo this guy lost all of his all of his data but he ran through the game again it didn't no i don't want to hear it man i'm not trying to hear it when you're buggy game big dog like it's not as bad as other releases that have come out late uh lately in my opinion because the scale is a lot a lot smaller given the fact that it's only on playstation 5 you know and it's a very 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 niche genre but um I just think that it, it feels great in the hand. It, it looks great. It looks beautiful. I love the environment. I listen, even though the story doesn't make any sense, I like I like it. I think Celine is absolutely insane. Uh to put it in a nicer sort of way, I definitely think that she's dealing with some major mental health issues and she's losing mm. her fucking mind, dude. She's losing it. She's losing control. Which is very interesting you know I, i'm just go, i'm throwing going through the game i'm listening to her you know i want to peel back i want to peel back my skin and look inside myself i'm like what i'm like queen can you um i need you to stop right she's all like i am the chosen one only i am worthy and i'm like all right you've been on this planet for far too long so Overall, it was a good experience, minus the crashes and the bugs and the trauma of Biome 3. And I'm just, I'm happy I beat it, uh, mostly so I can just be like, yeah, I, I beat this game that's known for its difficulty. It's known that people quit out. <laughs> people put 30 plus hours in it and were just like, I can't do it and gave up on the game. Or people are still in Biome 1, which is perfectly fine, you know, take your time and whatever, right? But it's just like... I, uh, I'm just happy I was able to beat it because people do look at me and like, well, aren't you the so you're the souls person? So you should be. I don't want to hear it, but I was able to beat it. And that's what matters, because also I can talk about the game and I can be like the game's not worth $50. Oh, I also beat it. So, you know, leave it alone. And people are less likely to bother me about my opinion. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I wanted to ask you, Joker. You know, have you played um, you know roguelites before? And uh, so, so what, what has what has been your most challenging roguelike if you've if you played roguelites? So I never played roguelites at all. Like this is the first time I actually come across any kind of a thing because Returnal had such a hype, right? So I never really like. If you had to say roguelike, like give me an example. What is a game that's called roguelite like Maybe. before? Hades? Okay. Yeah, so so uh, for uh, me, so for me, like the first game that, that introduced me to roguelikes was actually Splunky. And uh so back in the day, like Splunky used to be a 16-bit game and you know it had a very interesting concept. How like you're you're like a explorer and you had to travel the mines and you have like different So, uh, so basically roguelite yeah, yeah, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. So you have different biomes to get into. So you have like the forest. Uh, like you start off with the, uh, I think it's like the, um, the caves, and then you go into the forest, and then you have the the ice biome, and there's also like a temple biome in there as well. So, you know, I I really like the the concept, and like you have to like be careful with the bombs and ropes. You have like a certain amount of bombs and ropes you can use per level. And I thought that was a pretty, very interesting concept. So, yeah, like, 
for me, yeah, I never really played any kind of thing like that. But speaking of which, but it sounds to me like it's kind of like Souls game, right? So I, I'm a big Souls game kind of person. So I played from Dark Souls 1, 2, 3 to Bloodborne and Sekiro, and I got it all platinum, right? So I'm a big Souls kind of person. If it's kind of like soul kind of a thing all right i can it's probably not, give it a chance. Okay. yeah it's okay. it's not it's not in the same category because like like if you wanted to talk about souls like i, I would put that in the metroidvania type of category you know, okay. it's not really you know like a roguelike and like mm-hmm. um so for me I, I i think the hardest roguelike and and it is on pc it's it's called the the binding of isaac and like yo, that game has so much DLCs at this point; it's ridiculous. Like, you, if you wanted to get the whole bundle, it's about fifty dollars right now. And like, you know, some of the mini bosses in that game is just ridiculous. Like, it's just really crazy. Like, that sounds cool. You get the game and the full DLC for fifty dollars. Like, that sounds about a good, nice game package, right? <laughs> but yeah that i don't know i don't know like for me this kind of genre is completely brand new to me like roguelite like i'm not that much of um is it is it based off of a shooter if you can if you call it that way bullet hell bullet hell yeah um so well for for eternal it's like an action bullet hell roguelike that's that's how you like uh phrase it so so it's like if you die you die basically yeah you lose everything Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, no, no, that's not the thing. Like, if I, I don't think I'll be enjoying that. (laughs) Like the whole concept, the whole concept itself, like kind of, yeah, get me out. (laughs) Like people, people think, you know, I'm sure you already know since you're a Souls guy. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is automatically as soon as something slightly difficult comes, oh, it's, it's like Dark Souls. It's, as, soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as something slightly difficult comes out, people automatically compare it to Dark Souls. I'm like, I need y'all to stop doing that. This is completely different in comparison, you know? Um, just because Dark- you beat Dark Souls doesn't automatically mean you're gonna like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the thing, like, a lot of people, like, because I was a big Dark Souls kind of a, you know, dickhead or idiot, as I put it, so... <laughs> Like I thought, like I enjoyed Dark Souls, but don't get me wrong, I really got annoyed with certain things about Dark Souls too. And at the same time, when I was playing Bloodborne or Sekiro: Shadow of Spice or whatever it is, like a lot of people seem to have this misconception of just comparing that game to the game that they played before and be like, "Hey." What do you think about this game? You're a big Dark Souls kind of guy. I would say like, yeah, I'm a big Dark Souls kind of guy, but it doesn't mean that this is going to offer me the same experience as what Dark Souls give. I bought a game. It's a different IP. Like, I want to know how this game feels like. Yes, it could be in the same genre or a similar genre to that fact, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to enjoy this game. Like, for all I know, I could freaking hate it. Like, I really hated Bloodborne. Because I just was so competitive in just beating that game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just really wanted to finish that game. I just wanted to beat it. That's all my intention was to play that game. And I just wanted to get that platinum because it was at like 0.05% rarity to have that platinum at that time. So I was there like, yeah, I want to get hold of that. the Chalice Dungeons are trash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go in there. I keep, people keep asking. Luca, 
You gonna go go get the platinum? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> like the chalice dungeons. They're garbage. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Like even Sekiro, like Sekiro was supposed to be meant to be challenging and everything like that. Like Loki, that was a lot easier than playing Bloodborne. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> like, I uh, I definitely had an easier time with uh, Sekiro mm -hmm. than I did with say like Dark Souls Three. You know, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really struggle all that much with Bloodborne. Bloodborne was like my first one, and I mm -hmm. just took it real slow. You know. But Dark Souls hey. 3 was really difficult for me. Uh, Dark Souls 1. Ugh. Like, Lost I... <laughs> Tomb of the Giants? <laughs> okay, the Bed of Chaos? You mean the worst parts of the game? I almost quit the game multiple times because of those sections. Sekiro like, never had a section like that where I was like, I feel like quitting this game. True, true. And that's the thing. Like, for me, I started off with Dark Souls 1 then went to two then went to three then playing bloodborne and then playing sekiro so it was just like yeah i can see a lot of flaws like sekiro it just felt like it was a piece of a uh, piece of cake really just like just sitting there and i was there like all right but this is what the boss is gonna do okay this is the next move that he's gonna do as soon as i see that little cue call saying that this is the move that's gonna happen like bet i know exactly what i need to do to counter that or deflect it or just run forward and just dodge and attack do you know what i mean so whereas um, dark very 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 pattern based i mean i know dark souls the dark souls franchises as well but there's like an added layer with sekiro where it's like once you learn the boss's patterns mm -hmm. you're gravy dude yeah exactly and dark souls and bloodborne bloodborne i was annoyed with the most because of the friggin' camera each situation that i was having like <laughs> I swear to God. Like you're like, going into Dark Beast Parl and just oh being stuck. <laughs> like it just spins. <laughs> like the coding of that camera was so bad. I was like, how are people actually playing this game? Like, but eventually I got used to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I should not be able to get used to this. I should have a smoother experience, but I got used to it. <laughs> like, this is not cool, man. I did not pay to get used to something that's broken and especially like i one thing i hate about like dark souls kind of games like you know when you have to throw stuff why does it have to arc why can't it just throw like if i throw it why don't you just go straight and hit that guy why do you have to arc like that irritates me and yeah it's i get it like they want to add a little bit of realism and everything but the whole game is not realistic so why add a realism to that you know, so it's just yeah. one of those things. Um, but bullet hole, like, sounds dangerous as hell. Like, yeah, <laughs> bullet hell. I don't know why I said bullet hole, but bullet hell roguelites. Uh, no, return. I think I'll skip this one. Yes. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, actually, um, I, I haven't actually, um, you know, been in a single. Uh, you know, a single Souls game. You know, I, I, I guess I was, uh, I didn't have too much patience. Um, but I, I, I did hear, you know, it w was Dark Souls 1 the easiest? Or which one would you say was the easiest? Dude, it really depends on the person. It really depends <laughs> yeah. on the person. Like for me, I found Dark Souls 2 a lot easier than Dark Souls 1 and 3. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I would agree with that. Dark Souls 2's depth, I don't like I don't know. I'm I don't know if it's just because I was dead inside by the time I got to Dark Souls 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I played the game exactly. like in succession, right? So I did Bloodborne, Dark Souls mm -hmm. 3, 
Dark Souls mm-hmm. and Dark Souls 2 all within like got like eight months, you know? Wow. So by the time I got to Dark Souls 2, I was like, is this game bad or am I just tired? I don't know. <laughs> like I just don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I was I wasn't sure. So I think it really depends on the person. I definitely think Dark Souls 2 is a lot easier, but I'm I'm thinking oh, back okay. on it. I don't know how I would do if I were to like jump into it now. You know what I mean? But uh, like for me, like after like I went into this succession of playing Dark Souls, then I was like, at first I liked the concept and everything, but because I beat the game and there was Dark Souls 2 coming out, like okay, so I was challenging. The first game was challenging. Let me see what Dark Souls 2 was. I kid you not, I beat the game in um, less than a month. Yeah. I beat the game in less than a month. Like, it was not that challenging at all. Like, I don't know, it's maybe because, like, I was so annoyed with certain issues that was in Dark Souls 1 that I got so used to that game that Dark Souls 2 became so easier and my mind just went into this mode of let me just go and kill everyone. Let me just, uh, just, I, um, just try. I can't really remember all that much. I remember that one area that was green mm-hmm. and black and, like, radioactive. And yeah. Then, like, uh, like, like, I, I know which one you're talking about. I've considered going back to Dark Souls 2, uh, you know, fresh, you mm-hmm. know, um, to see With the how whole I like new the take. Game. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know. That game, nothing about it really stands out to me positively. It had the mm-hmm. most bosses, but all the bosses were trash. <laughs> garbage and you know i go ahead like like when you said bosses right like the one thing i'd look at it is like yeah if i can if i personally me like i'm not that much of a great gamer right but if i can beat dark souls 2 in less than a month yeah there's literally this game doesn't have any kind of a comeback to say that this is better than um let's just say Bloodborne or Sekiro or anything like that, right? So it took me a good, I'll honestly tell you, trying to beat Sekiro, it took me about a good three and a half months, right? That's because I was going, that was, that's because I was going on and off, on and off. And there were certain mistakes that I was doing. And there was a lot of things that was involved in personal, you know, real life stuff too. But, if I had to take away all those things, it would have still taken me two months to complete Sekiro, right? And that's me playing constantly. So, but yeah, so I can totally get you on that kind of experience. All right, I'm actually right. trying to figure out uh, when I started Sekiro. I beat it on January 28th, uh, 2021. I'm just going back to when I said I first started it. Uh, go ahead, bro. My bad. Yeah, so you know, back to the back to the returnal topic. So, you know, it looks like uh, there is uh, you know pretty strong sales for the game, and so we do have numbers here from PlayStation Blog, and so they did share a breakdown, and so we do have the top three games of the month of April, and so these are PSN downloads, by the way, and okay. so at number one we have uh, MLB The Show twenty twenty one. Number two, we have Outriders, and so number three is uh, Returnal. Okay. And so it looks like it is doing pretty, uh, pretty well there. And so we also do have the UK sales charts, and actually, you know, Pokemon Snap did beat uh, Returnal, uh, but they are yeah. number two in the sales of the overall, you know, the physical sales. 
but yeah like ML- mlb the show 2021 of course it's it's a different take again it's a different environment we're so bored of games recently that we are willing to try games that's out of the uh, out of our own comfort zone right so what was it i was like i start i started playing pokemon sword and shield on a nintendo switch emulator so i've been playing that for a while now because i was that bored of any other games like hey man let me play pokemon fuck it you know what i mean um but yeah so outriders and returnal outriders yes again you gotta understand the difficult time period that we're living on so cooperation like you know everywhere like you want to play with your friends you want to play with your homies mm-hmm. yeah outriders is it you know and it's a new game it's a new take on things it's not the same thing as like playing destiny warframe and other co-op games so it's a new take so of course people will be more inclined towards it to buy it to try it out play with their friends and give it much more of a different take on all the games that i just mentioned and returnal that's again it's very different um different genre uh different take on things and people are like hey and it's just something to have like a flexing mode right like yeah i beat returnal let's go because it's one of the hardest games so that's just like hey man i'm good at get good kind of game <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah and like- so so shout out to my guy dq in the chat and he says that uh, new pokemon snap is a chill game and yo yeah, you know, I, I actually I actually made a video about this, uh, how, you know, the success of Pokemon Snap. And, like, I, I also have, like, a clip of me memeing the game. Uh, but, you know, I was downplaying the game. But honestly, like, I, I really do think the sales of Pokemon Snap is, is kind of, like, similar to the Animal Crossing situation. How, like, you know, more and more people are, like, gravitating towards gaming. And I, I think... You know, they, they like the chill experiences, right? So that, that's how that's it, why it, that's why Animal Crossing did so well. So you gotta understand, like Pokemon Snap is catering to everyone's um how like do you call Pokemon it? Pokemon nostalgia target like, audience. Yeah. Target audience, right? So it's catering to the adults, the teenagers, young adults, teenagers, kids, you know. So it's catering to everyone, especially if you're going around like for example Let's just say you're sitting at home and you just don't want to do a lot of things, but you just want to kind of explore at the same time. It gives you those little challenges like get a picture of this Pokemon while he's facing towards you in this particular angle, and it'll give you a reward for that. A lot of people enjoy low-key just playing chill games. I'm not going to lie to you. like I like sitting there and just like a lot of people, uh, like many people, when I play Pokemon Go, I'm sitting there like, I'm a collector. Like there are many, um, how do you call it, categories within the game. Like if you're a raider, collector, battle, like you know, uh, person, everything like that. So I'm just a collector. Like I just look at my Pokemon Go just to see what I can collect for today. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's it. Nothing else. So <clears throat> Pokemon Snap, I can see why it's actually making a very good thing, bro. Like why mm. not? Just like a virtual environment, like your imagine. Can you remember those virtual pets that you used to get back in the day? It's a small little keychain. I don't know oh, what it was called. Oh, you mean that? You know? that, that you mean the Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi. No, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I yeah, remember so, there was like a Digimon one too, as well. Right? Like that. 
Yeah, exactly. I used to have one of them when I was a kid, right? I used to have one of them. I was there like, hey, man, this is cool. Like, I have my own little <laughs> virtual pet, you know? So imagine having that in a bigger scale, but also you get to see kind of like a zoo experience, right? So yeah, yeah, definitely feel that, yeah. All right, so you know, moving on here, so we will be talking about the sales numbers for Sony, and you know, so they did uh, reveal their so the Sony earnings report, and you know, uh, and with these earnings report, it does say that you know, so far Sony has sold the seven point eight million consoles, and earlier this month, uh, NPD did say that you know the PS Five was the fastest selling console in U.S. history through its first five months of availability, both in terms of units moved and total dollars spent. And so I really do think that, you know, this is due to the, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of people were hyped for next gen. And, you know, ever since the start of the pandemic, like we did see a huge increase, like a huge boon in the gaming market. You know, more and more people are gravitating towards gaming as a source, as the number one source of entertainment. So I, I do think that plays a, plays a role in that. And so, you know, let me ask you uh, this question, but before I do ask it, I'm just gonna give, give a little bit of context. And so, you know, given the fact that many people have been eager and excited for next gen and their features, you know, we ha we've seen like a lot of YouTube content creators, they, they were hyping up Astrobot and like mm -hmm. how, you know, the PlayStation 5 controller, it had the haptic feedback. And we also learned about you know, the haptic triggers as well. And also given the fact that everybody's going to great lengths to get a PS5, you know, people are willing to spend, you know, over $1,000 just to get a PS5. And I, I got to ask you guys this question, like, you know, what percentage of, or how many of these consoles so, uh, sold were taken up by the scalpers? 70%. Uh, <laughs> I would say 70%. Yeah. <laughs> No, wow. like the, you okay. can't you can't sit there and tell me, right? Um, that of course it's gonna have the fastest selling, especially if they got bots like the scalpers got mm -hmm. bots set up. Yeah, immediately, bots are ridiculous, on, yeah. immediately that goes on the market. These bots are gonna buy it, right? And then you got scalpers too who'll just sit there and be like, if they really have no life, they'll be sitting there and they'll be looking through the whole entire thing. They probably have a group of like 10, 15 people just scouring the sites that they know and keep hitting that refresh button until they can get hold of like a console, mm. right? So they, some of them actually make a legit business out of this, right? Uh, and that's because I have seen it firsthand in UK itself, like over here, um, there was a scalper ring that actually... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I heard about there, that. There was a scalper ring that, that actually got busted recently because they had around 10 or 15 bots right set up to automatically scoop up a ps5 as soon as it goes on the market along with nvidia 3090 along mm -hmm. with uh, uh, the new xbox consoles and things like that right so that's why of course i'm not surprised not a least bit surprised that ps5 was the fastest selling of course it was there's no denying that that's main, but the, most of the contribution came from seventy percent from the scalpers, right? Seventy <laughs> percent. You know, I I, I uh, think that's that's a little bit uh, too extreme. You know, I I think it may be I it, it may be like forty like, percent. Like I I don't think seventy yeah. is, is too 
that's a little bit too uh too extreme there like i honestly kid you not right for uh, my personal take on it is like being in england being in uk there's just coming across a lot of things bro i know the most few of the richest people that i have actually encountered and when i say rich as in like these guys will throw money at anything that comes at him uh, if they really want it and one of them being my good mate and he turned around and is like i would low-key pay 2500 pound for a ps5 damn like, this is wow this is this is what it says so that convert roughly like roughly converts up to like three thousand dollars yeah right couldn't be mm. needed there's just no way <laughs> I, first of all that's is like disgusting people who scalp especially during a global panorama oh, exactly like the worst man so me personally i'm not giving scalpers extra money dude it's just never gonna happen also yep. Like, there's games to play on the PlayStation 5, but none of them are worth spending extra money on it. Like, like there's Miles hmm. Morales, that, which is on the PlayStation 4. There's a remaster of Spider-Man. There's Demon Souls, which is an extremely niche title. There's Returnal, yeah. which is an extremely niche title. There's nothing right now that would warrant spending that kind of money on a PlayStation 5, even if it's your main platform. Like, don't get me wrong, I, got the, I have the PlayStation 5, I got the Xbox Series X. I got a gaming PC, man. I got all of. I got my Switch, and mm-hmm. I love my systems. But I got mm-hmm. my Xbox, so I can play Destiny. <laughs> at sixty frames, man. I got my yeah. PlayStation Five because I was like, I want to play Demon Souls, mm-hmm. which I did. I got. A, I got the plot for that game. You know what I mean? But it's like I. I bought these consoles at retail. If I had to pay extra, I'd be like, Nah, I'm good. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. However long it takes to get the system, I'm not desperate. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, uh, that's the thing, though. So I turned around and told my homie, like, listen, first of all, people like you, like, straight up, I turned around and pointed at him in his face and said, people like you are making it difficult for everyone else, right? Especially because you don't mind spending this kind of money. So what happens is it encourages other scalpers to do the same thing. And what's happening is at this point of time, a lot of people are just going to hold on all these consoles and they're just waiting to make the money back or even make a little bit of profit. So they will just do whatever is need. And you're the kind of people that actually fuel this kind of nonsense, right? So I turned around and said, listen, legit, eventually people are going to be tired of waiting around and they're just not going to bother anymore. Right. So during this point, all the prior, like, you know, people will get tired of hoarding all these PlayStation consoles in their house and they will start selling it. Right. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's on the market. Right. It might take one year, one and a half year, two years, maybe longer. We all don't know that. Right. So, so right. actually, on, on that note, Joker, you know, we actually do have a report here and I, I did read this off of IGN. And so we do have a report here from Bloomberg and they did, you know, reportedly ask a group of analysts that, that, you know, was into this Sony supply situation. And they actually said that the, you know, the, the reported shortages will continue on towards the end of 2022. So it's definitely rough out there. And, you know, with this report, you know, do you think that, you know, more and more people would be inclined to pay the scalper price or like, See, it's 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 
it's it's basically it's like a rich man's toy at the minute, right? So imagine a bunch of rich ass bastards just sitting there chilling and be like, "Hey man, I got a BMW, the latest BMW M series <laughs> car, or whatever it is, right?" And you're that one homie, right? Who is broke but too scared to tell them that they are broke because they know they're gonna make fun of you, right? So what happens is the kind of like a peer pressure gets to him and he will end up paying this kind of shit. So yeah, man. Mm. So I, I don't, I definitely don't support paying way more than a retail price for a product or a device than what is supposed to be sold. And I don't mind paying a small little odd differences, like maybe 10 pound extra or 20 pound extra if I have to get it. Right. They're not gonna do. That's all. They're gonna do that. Like you know, if I was if I was them, like I I think you know two hundred is reasonable. Like two hundred upkeep, or like two hundred. Um, yeah, like two hundred or three hundred would be fine. You know, if, if I was them. But... See, the thing is, the thing is, like you gotta understand. Like look at it this way: as a um, household, right now you have a household and you have two kids, for example. Right, and these two kids have some kind of a mental disability or any kind of a thing, and they are low key wanting to, you know, because the kid probably asked for a PlayStation 5 because they want to get hold of it and stuff like that. And how heartbreaking is it going to be to tell that child because that's the only thing the child can ever concentrate on? Like, this is his own world kind of a space, this is where he finds his happiness. Right now, you go and look on the net and you see all the thing. Bro, you're going to put up all your life savings just to make your son or your daughter happy because this is the only thing that they find some kind of a joy, uh, joy, in a, you know, joy or whatever it is. They need to get, get some new hobbies, you know? Get, tell them yeah. get new hobbies. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, it's difficult to explaining to a child who's got like these um, mental disabilities or any kind of like uh, learning difficulties right to say get a new hobby because this is what they have been used to or exposed to right and they come across this kind of a thing and you just turn around like I sympathize with those kind of people right uh, because mainly being like I used to work in healthcare and I know how difficult it is like a kid who's got autism and stuff like that and if he wants to get hold of it like you know how difficult it is to handle that child um, it's fucking horrible. But that situation probably mm-hmm. isn't all that common. You know, that's a very specific... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, those yeah, are yeah, yeah. very specific instances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very specific instances. But what happens is, like, now they will go beyond. Like, I, it's just like the parents will be like, okay, I can probably spend about, like, a, I don't know, a few hundred pounds or something like that, plus the game or anything, just to keep them, you know, in this sane world kind of a thing situation and these scalpers are going beyond the way to profit doubling the prices like for example playstation 5 our retail price over here was 450 pound right that's what the retail price was that includes a controller game whatever it is a bundle that comes with it when i looked for it at that time it was all out of stock because again i couldn't get hold of anything and then afterwards i come across one of these facebook pages right 
And this guy was selling it for like thousand seven hundred pound, thousand eight hundred pound. I'm like, yeah, that's triple what the friggin' retail price is saying. I'd like I said, I don't mind paying twenty thirty pound up to a hundred pound maximum, but I wouldn't pay two hundred pound, bro. Like extra, there's no chance because it's just gonna give more encouragement to other scalpers to keep doing the same thing. Is they like, mm. oh, did you hear? He just made a profit out of that. If he can sell it for that, I can probably sell for another two uh, hundred pound, and that's what happened right now. You know what I mean? Especially when you put it like eBay is the biggest culprit because they have a bidding system, and a guy puts up the PS Five, and the, that's where the whole scalping situation started. The guy put up the PS Five, bidding started, bidding ended at one thousand eight hundred or one thousand eight hundred and fifty pounds, right? And bam. All the scalpers saw this profit margin. Like, bro, if we can get hold of this, we can make our money. Like, yeah, yeah, I just personally, I don't know, man. I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I wouldn't be able to buy it, and I, I wouldn't be able to scalp systems, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. It's just not. It's not something that I personally can um, ever comprehend doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, actually, I'm 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 very lucky in a sense that you know I was able to to actually get a, a RTX 3070 card, and the only reason was because I was uh, you know I, I was a part of this Discord Discord group, and they usually ping you know when when the uh, the latest drop happens, and man, I I was blessed honestly when I, when I got the 3070 because I know a lot of people out there are like still struggling to get a RTX 30 series card. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky in, in that regard. Yeah, so you see, I wanted to get hold of the 3090 card, but good luck. I can't get hold of that shit for nothing. I can't even get hold of a goddamn PS5. Why am I sitting there looking for a 390, like 3090? Like, pfft. yeah, no chance. That's never going to happen for me. Not for at least another good two or three years by the looks of this pace and plus also like even if you do get a ps5 apart from those two niche titles which um luca was saying um what was it uh demon souls and and returnals like all right cool you could get to play miles morales uh spider-man cool that's what we all know but you only have a few titles at this point enjoy the crap out of ps4 until its last legs <laughs> and then start looking for a PS5, yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, no, you know, it, 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 you know, it, it is tempting, you know, with the, you know, you have Ratchet and Clank with the part coming out soon, and you know, you also have the new God of War game coming out, and okay. also with. Who so, knows when that's coming out? It's not. It's not coming out this year, though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, look, look, look at when the release dates are, right? Oh, let yeah. me know when God of War is coming out. Then I'll start looking for a PS5. But again, Probably, you know, I I think it will be 2022 at that point. All they yeah, showed I... was a uh, they they pulled a Metroid, bro, and they just showed us a screenshot. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's I, true. Everything going on with the global panorama, like who knows? Actually, getting that game, dude. Yeah, exactly. And second thing is like. A lot of people have been waiting again. It, like Luca made a very good point. Like, who knows who's gonna get that game? For all you know, scalpers will probably get hold of this God of War game, and then just bam, for a seventy-pound game, you, the only way you can probably buy is digital. Um, you know, uh, digital buyout. But 
I don't see it having like a physical disc anyway because somebody's gonna freaking scalp the crap out of them. You know what I mean? But again, it's just when look at when twenty uh, twenty is you know um, God of War is gonna get released and really when was the last time you actually sat down and played Ratchet and Clank completely? Be honest. Yeah, I mean, I it's personally I'm just not a I'm not interested in that game. So exactly, like for me, like I said, I love I love Demon Souls and I enjoyed Returnal. So I'm happy with my purchase of my PlayStation Five. But uh, mm. as I stated before, I only I played retail, big dog. If I had to pay extra, it just would not have happened. Like it's it's mostly a pride thing, you know. Like my pride would not allow me to contribute to the scalping issue. Yeah, like legit, like. Thingy, um, what's his name? Uh, I'm looking at DQ Blizzard on the chat, right? He's, he makes a very good point. PS Now is available. PlayStation can market, place, you know, um, boost market sales on PS Now, especially for people if they want to play certain titles, right? And this is a perfectly good timing for them to actually boost revenue on PlayStation now and actually implement more things on the and mm. do you know yeah, what I mean? Like point, look at yeah. how look at how like this pandemic period is where they should have capitalized on this point and be like, hey man, since a lot of people can't go outside, since you, you have to buy things and everything like that, PlayStation now low-key would have you know, would have gained some kind of traction for streaming services, at least. Definitely would have beaten Google Stadio in many ways. Not gonna lie. <laughs> because Google, Google Stadio is doo-doo. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of uh, bad things right now. Like, uh, yeah, like m more and more execs are leaving Stadia right now. So it's very, it's a very bad look on, on Stadia. Like, it's gonna be a wrap soon for Stadia, to be honest. To be honest, I think that was a wrap after the yeah after months. after after Jade Raymond left Stadia, like that was the biggest blow, and like everyone and it was a followed. Since they announced it. <laughs> Sorry, it was a wrap as soon as they announced it, bro. Oh yeah, like I mean, the like, con. The I mean, some people like Stadia, so I don't know. I mean, like like. Of course, some people are going to like Stadia for people who do not have a devices like us, for example. Yeah, yeah like that's, we that's have the biggest a, appeal. Have a, yeah. yeah, so we, we, we have a PC that can run graphics at a high level pace, right? We have super fast internet connectivity, right? And we have devices that can actually hold their contents together without having to think. Of course, it's going to appeal to people who don't have these kind of devices. And instead of paying... What is it? Four hundred and fifty for PlayStation Five. They'll be like, "Hey, man, I can get hold of this game for ten pound ninety nine, and that's all I have to pay monthly, right? And I can just play the game right now. I don't even have to have a device. I just have to open up my Google Chrome in order to play this thing, right? That's that's the biggest appeal that will have to these kind of very specific people, right? Yeah, for sure, man. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, um. Yeah, so you know it's uh, yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully the the supply shortage, uh, the supply issue for Sony, it does get better in twenty twenty two, and you know, you know, more more and more people can get their hands on it in physical stores. Um, so I'm gonna be moving on here to our next topic, and so actually, why? Real quick, uh, I do have to hang out with my mom soon, 
So I'm going to have to get out of here in a little bit. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. So, you know, you know, what? I'm just going to skip that topic. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be moving on to our last topic here. So, um, and Luca did bring it up on her video. And so we have a, a tweet here from Mike Diver, and he does say that, you know, you don't need to be good at games to write about them or stream them or even make them. And his second point is that you don't need to finish a game to review it, to, pu to publish an opinion and score. Most of the time, we don't, we don't get the time. And so, you yeah. know, I, I, I did read, um, you know, a lot of interesting tweets about this and, um, and I, you know, this, uh, and, and some people were saying that, you know, because critics, uh, they have a very time limited window that they don't have enough time to finish, you know, the games for the review. So, you know, wh why not um, them, um, you know, instead of putting review in the title, they, they, they um, and, you know, instead of putting impressions in the title, they, they, they put review. And the reason is that is because they get more clicks that way. So that's definitely, you know, you know, somewhat frauding in a sense, if you, if you think about like, you know, like a review, it's not really a review. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when they say review, I'm very skeptical when people say call things review and stuff like that, like, I'm, I'm very like two-sided things about this, right? First being a lot of like exactly like what it says like most of the tight thumbnails that comes across as a review like i don't take it as a like you know serious thing because hey, this man could for all i know i can just click the video and i can just get a rick roll song playing into it and just you know some guy making fun of this game right and um second thing is like they will probably play like the first 10 15 minutes of the game and they will just show the actual gameplay and they'll sit there and either they'll have very positive things to say about it or they will have very negative things to say about it. There is no balanced middle line. That's why I choose specific reviewers from YouTube if I have to what if I have to buy a game or not. But also again, it all depends on that particular person, how he feels about the game. Do you know what I mean? So it could be a completely different experience to me. Yeah, and you also have to keep in mind, like, there are some titles that will do a complete 180 smack dab in the middle of it or a couple hours in, for instance. Now, I didn't play The Last of Us 2. I, I don't have any feelings about it one way or another. But if you didn't get spoiled and uh, you, you were only playing through the first, what, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of that game, and then you, you mm. smacked a review on it, and then the thing that happened happened, you know, you would be completely misleading people who would go into it. You know what I mean? Or it's like you could be playing like take for me. I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Origins up until the fake first ending, you know, and then I was just like, this is awful. And I ended I ended up beating the game, but I was so soured by the experience that it put me off Assassin's Creed for like two years, you know, and if I had only played the first part of the game. I wouldn't have that, I, would, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know any better. And I would have put a review out, not fully expanding on everything that happened. You need to beat a game in order to give it a review. Now, if mm. these gaming journalists, if they don't want to do it, that's fine. But they need to stop complaining about how we don't respect them because they don't 
have our respect. They haven't earned our respect. They pull this nonsense, and then they're like, respect me, wah, wah, support me, wah, wah. I'm like, dude, you don't even respect yourself. Like, what are you doing? I completely agree with Luca on this point of view, especially when, like, for example, I know you read IGN, um, Crow. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there are some. <laughs> hey, I, I I only read it sometimes. Not like you know, some some my main like, source of crit- critic that I go to. Hey, like also at the same time, like Kotaku, right? Those gaming journalists over there have zero knowledge on even how to pick up a freaking controller and see what X button does or square button does, right? Because they just probably watch a guy playing a game, right? And they're just probably sitting there going, okay, this looks interesting. It's like having a backseat gamer, right? Who just sits there because he wants to have some kind of a company, but at the same time watching you play a game and just keeps going in your ears like, why? Why? For what reason, though? I don't understand the story behind this, though. Like, can you explain me more? Like, this is what I feel about gaming journalists, right? I don't respect them enough. Like, beat a game. Play a game. Like, for example, if you look up on YouTube, there is a YouTube uh, channel called Girlfriend Reviews, right? Love that channel. Love that channel. I love that channel. I actually sit there and enjoy because what she does is she gives a second-person perspective, and at the same time, she actually is involved in it. Now, that's a kind of gaming journalism that I could get into, right? But like anyone else? Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I was just going to say a lot of it is like I, me personally, I'm just not a fan of uh, the pretentious attitude of a lot mm-hmm. of these games journals, you know? Like they're very, yeah. very condescending when they're talking to us, you know? Like it's, listen, Colin Moriarty made a good point. If you don't want to be doing this job, if it's too hard, go do something else, man. I don't have any empathy for you. Like, it sucks, and I get it. You have deadlines to meet. But I, some of the headlines I read and some of the articles I've read lately are just absolutely ridiculous. And it's like uh, people, like uh, the games journalist from a week ago, bringing up Republicans and Democrats when talking about Returno. Returno! Oh, wow. Like, wow. there's, like, absolutely nothing to do with the game. You know what I mean? So... That's I don't know, man. Like I, I uh, even though I don't personally vibe with Jason Schreier's personality quirks, I trust his reporting because he backs his stuff up. You know what I mean? But everyone else, it's really up and down whether or not I'll believe them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just it just depends on that particular f- person, I guess. Like most of these um, articles that I see on internet i kind of just skip through them right i skip through them i completely skip through them because a i don't know how much what what are his credentials to say that mm, that's a good you point, know yeah. like you know what, what are his credentials to say that this game is i have to take his word on it like if he played a game let's say say he made a review of a game what what credentials does he have? Does he has he completed the game? Has he physically touched a controller, or has he physically touched into a PC and played the game fully? Uh, I don't think so, 
they're probably in the office and basically what happens is they probably picked up a lot of opinions from like they have like every industry has a gaming testers right so not every industry sorry gaming industry has game testers right so they probably have their own in-house game testers that they will actually probably sit there and start making notes down saying that they could have improved this better or this better or anything like that so what this game journalist will do is they will compile a list of all these opinions that they have taken from these different testers and be like okay let's make a review out of this let's actually they're only good at writing they're not good at anything else yeah, and it's also the way I feel about um, people who hide their trophies or their achievements. Like, I need to know that you actually beat this game if you're saying you beat the game. You know what I mean? It's why I always, whenever I beat a game, I'll go ahead, here's the trophy or here's the achievo, so you know I beat this last boss. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, yeah. a lot of it's super sketchy. I personally, I've been saying this for years now, and it wasn't, it I didn't have anything to do with gaming. But uh, I used to watch reviews for movies, and I would oh. really, I'd really go off what the reviewer for a movie would say would say about a film, you know. And then eventually, it got to a point where I skipped out on a film. I watched it two years later, and I was like, oh, "Movie's amazing!" And I was mad at myself for completely ignoring it because I listened to some reviewer. And ever since then, I've been like, "Yeah, man, unless I know for sure that this person has similar taste to me, I'm just not gonna listen to them, and I'll go off." my own perspective when it comes to this stuff and i think a lot I of people agree. need to take that in mind as well i i yeah, completely and, uh, agree yeah i i do agree with uh you know what joker is saying you know you do need to have your credentials and and also wyan mccaffrey here he does make a good point and so he um so his tweet says that you know the way i look at it is movie critics don't watch half or even three quarters of a film and then review it they watch the whole thing uh, same applies to games, except as you noted, in cases like sports games or other things that that don't have definitive endings. And so, you know, on 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 that point, um, you you know, I do agree with that. Uh, and you know, it, it is a taste thing as well, because you know, like for example, someone might say, you know, they don't like Kong versus Godzilla. The thing is for kids. But you know, honestly, like that's that's just an opinion. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. not like you, you shouldn't take that as as face though. value. Like my 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 like exactly like a good example, King uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, Kong oh, versus sorry, Godzilla. Sorry. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's Kong just... versus Godzilla. Yeah, that's, that's the title. Yeah. Kong? I I don't remember what it was. Kong. <laughs> I forgot the title. Kong versus, sorry. Kong versus Godzilla is just a brainless action movie. It's just a popcorn movie. You don't take anything from it apart from a little small little storylines. If you really take it seriously and you will going in debt, like yeah, no, oh, that story yeah. is real bad. Like they didn't put any <laughs> exactly put any work into that script, you know. But I mean, but it people came to see of... monsters fight, so yeah, exactly. I went there. Uh, we were watching it because I just wanted to see a big ass gorilla fight a giant ass lizard, and. Mm. That... That's all I wanted to see. Nothing else. I just wanted to see the. I definitely action. delivered on on that part, man. It's just really good action scenes, it, and yeah. It was the same thing with Mortal Kombat, right? It was the same thing with Mortal Kombat. It was just a mindless action film. It was a popcorn movie, right? <laughs> That's all it was. It's just like, bet you want to watch something interesting. Let's watch something cool. Cool. Let's watch it. Just like how the new Fast and Furious Nine uh, movie is gonna be. <laughs> that's gonna be a completely brain dead popcorn movie right 
So yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. All right. So yeah. So you guys have any any other points on this? Nothing uh, more for me. No, that's not. Okay. I made my point for this. All right. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. So this this wraps up the show here, and so let's go on to our outros, and let's start with the Joker Gamer V three. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it being like uh, I feel like I'm honored because um, um you know you called me back in again for this is I think the third episode or the fourth episode now. So yeah, man, I'm honored. Um, if you guys um don't know me i am a avid gamer also a casual chill chill guy i stream on twitch every now and then i have not been doing it recently because of work commitments but i'm trying to get the stream schedule back up again um but yeah thank you for having me Craig. all right and you know i really do appreciate luca stopping by and you know i, I do appreciate that you were open and you wanted to come to the show and man so i had a great time all right, I appreciate it. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, we, we didn't have that much people on, but, you know, it's, uh, it was definitely nice to, to talk to you. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks so much. It was nice meeting uh, Deli and also Joker. It yeah, it was nice meeting you too, Luca. Um, definitely, I'll pop around to see your podcast soon too. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at The Ash and Luca. Uh, you can also follow my YouTube account, The Ash and Luca. And uh, <laughs> we like to have fun on <laughs> my Twitter account and on my channel. So, uh, you know, it's jokes. I'm just joking most of the time. Just, you know, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. All right. Sounds good. And yeah, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate you tuning in live. And shout out to those guys who do listen to the show later. And so if you do like my, uh, my podcast here, you can, you can like and subscribe. I am going to put, put it on Spotify as well. And so if you guys are on, are on Twitter, you can follow me there on Twitter at the Sly Crow. And make sure you do share the stream, I, uh, share the podcast. I do, I do appreciate that. And, you know, thank you guys once again. And I'll catch you guys later. Peace.